And this is storyluck.org, where we listen, tell, and create new stories. And what we're working on here with this specific podcast episode is just letting you know what you're going to be seeing in the different shows. We were thinking, it's like people come to uh, our SoundCloud or find our podcasts and they're like, what is this? Where should we start? So we wanted to create like a sort of, this is where you should start. So as a quick overview, you're going to get three different shows, uh, one story each, kind of. And the first one is Tertiary Delight. And that's a show about eavesdropping on two friends. And then uh, after that, you're going to get Story Luck, which is uh, storytelling plus potlucks put together. And we've got a feature who came in and told a really cool impromptu sketch about his first kiss. It's actually two first kiss stories, but they're combined in a really special way. Uh, and then thirdly, you have a month of, and that was a show where the uh, audience would choose a task, and the featured tellers would have to do that task over the month, and then we'd meet up next month and tell stories based on that task. And what would happen is we'd all be sitting around, and one person would tell a story, and then the next person would be like, oh, that reminds me. And this is a perfect example of that chaining, where it starts with a story about learning you're colorblind and turning into a whole bunch of stories about high school and grade school shenanigans. So, uh, yeah, this is where you should start and gives you a sense of what all our shows are. And thank you very much. Enjoy listening. Yes. Kind of, yeah, we were decently close. Um, ten minutes away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ten minutes away. And I would always, they would always call me up, and they're like, hey, Sam, we're not doing anything. I'm like, I don't want to do anything either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much been our friendship for eight years. <laughs> we would go and chill in the garage and sit there in the garage and just, they would play music. <laughs> Him and his brothers would play music. Uh, sometimes we would do such random things. There was one time they were throwing out a couch and we decided to put bungee cords on it and tie it on, on the back of a truck. <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I was a surfer at that You're time. You're trying to like it's, stand on top of it. It's my, it's, my, it's my California blood. Oh my goodness. Um, so I did. I, I stood up on the, on the chair as um, it was being pulled by the truck. And all of a sudden once the truck did a quick turn, I fell, slid, and just had a whole scratch. And I just, I got up and I just started laughing. And I'm just like, because everyone else is being smart about it. We did it with like four people, and we all sitting down and letting it go. And so I was like, I'm gonna be surfing, guys, and just saw it. And like eat dirt. It was real bad. But he learned his lesson, man. I did. I did. It was a good time, still. It yeah, was, it was it good. Was a good it was time. good. Except that was my mom's like favorite couch. And she had, it like, I didn't know this, but it really hurt her a lot to, like, get rid of it. And then she came outside and saw all of us, like, just fucking, or, like, messing it up. Can I say Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
just like fucking it up. And I guess she was like went inside and was like crying. So I didn't find this till like a year later. But oh. we were having. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. She's not good with it now, you know. But yeah, no. We were out, a little side note on that couch. We were out, except for my, I'm one of nine kids, and my oldest sister was born at the hospital, but the rest were born in our home. And so some of us were actually born on <laughs> those couches. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you know this, Al? No. First time. Bro. Oh, you got to mention it, man. I wasn't, so it wasn't like you were just like wrecking my poor couch. <laughs> Fuck your couch. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I tried to be cool. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah oh, no, it didn't turn out gracious. well. But yeah, so it's a nice, strong beginning for a friendship. And Jeffrey Jeffries is Jeffrey Rooks and Jared Jeffries, two good friends and uh, wonderfully funny people. They are writing, filming, recording, and otherwise performing as this group. Most often, Jeffrey Jeffries does sketch. They do not perform live very often, and they do not repeat material, which is incredibly frustrating if you are a follower. <laughs> I Boo have, you! I have had to have my friend and housemate act out their performances in the apartment so that I can know what they've done whenever I miss a show of theirs. It's like very frustrating. So this is a special opportunity. Um, Jared and Jeff met while attending Ball State University in 2003. Aww. And have since collaborated on a series of incredibly important and influential pet projects. <laughs> Beyond Jeffrey Jeffries, prepare everybody together on the IOT. Harold Team Inkling, which is fantastic. Yes, produces a comedy podcast written by Jared entitled, oh, my continents tonight. Troubles Up in Alphabet Town, and they contribute material to Claymore Productions' episodic sketch show, Exquisite Court. Uh, and, and that is all I will say. Please welcome into the stage. I am Jeffrey Jeffries, and I'm Jeffrey Jeffries. Uh, <laughs> these are two stories that involve girls and cars in Indiana. <laughs> this is the spring of 2004, um, and this is the first woman that I was ever actually in love with. Uh, she and I had actually been set up by a mutual friend that was just kind of mischievous in that way, and setups for me typically do not work at all. But surprisingly, this one time, for me, this was working. Uh, she was very unflappable, she was very cool, she was extroverted in all the ways that I am not, but I can sometimes fake. <laughs> and uh, honestly, probably at this point in my life, I'm 19 years old, she's way too cool for me. But neither of us have really figured that out yet. Um, still, we've been basically pseudo-dating for about two months, and we're still in that uh, no-man's land between new acquaintances with potential and legit relationship. And no overt moves have been made until tonight. She's driving me home from a, a late-night music show that we just caught at our school student union. She had a good time. I had a great time. It was awesome. I was so glad to finally get to see them. I've heard about them for such a long time, but I've never seen them play. Oh, yeah, they're really great. Yeah. Very cool. And the, uh, the guitarist is awesome. Which one? Uh, the lead singer with the hair. Oh, the rock and roll John Rogers. That's what they call it. Rock and roll John Rogers. Well, he definitely, <laughs> definitely rocks. Yeah. He's great. I know. Yeah. And this is it. Uh, thank you very much for the ride. Yeah, no it was a great time. I really appreciate yeah. it. Cool.
I want to say something before I go. <laughs> I realize that I'm not always an open book. <laughs> and I can be difficult to get a read on most of the time. And I know what, I, I'm like a robot. What I, but I want you to know that I, I have, I do have emotions. <laughs> um, and I'm interested in you, and I have feelings for you, and if you don't say anything in five seconds, I'm going to kiss you. Okay, before you do that, <laughs> I just want you to know that this is dumb, and this is retarded, and whatever, but I'm in love with somebody else who doesn't live here, and I know this is stupid, and I should get over it, but I'm not, and I'm just not really emotionally available for anybody right now, and I just think you should know that before you do whatever it is that you're about to do. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, it was a good time. Oh, right on. Yeah. Thank you for the yeah. I'll see you later on. You have a good night. Because of when it was, even the honors kids were just partying in this dorm all night long. And so I know I would have had to walk through and go through a bunch of social interactions just trying to be friendly while trying to mask this incredible collapse that I just experienced outside. And I really, I don't remember what happened. I don't remember who I ran into. I don't remember if the look of just shame was palpable on my face or if somehow I just soldiered through and I had suppressed it until I was alone and nobody really knew because I was just getting on like nothing had happened. I can't remember. I don't know what I projected. The one thing I do know is that when I got finally back to my dorm room, at the very end of the dorm on the fourth floor, I just took my keys and I stuck them in the doorknob and then I just dropped my head against the door and I stood there silently for probably two or three minutes. <laughs> So this is my first real date with a girl, uh, but I'm already 17 years old, so I'm feeling really uh, nervous about that. So we're actually already in, we're in cars. Um, it's about uh, it's, it's about 500 yards between the Hacienda Family Restaurant and the movie theater, so we take her car back and forth. <laughs> she drops me off back at my car at the end of the day. No, I, uh, I had a really, I, you know, I thought it was good. I had a good time. <laughs> I had a good time too. So this is the sort of thing that you might want to do more often. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like every weekend? You mean like go steady? Go steady. Yeah, people say that's a thing. That's a term for that. They say that on the Wonder Years. I don't know. Uh, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, though. I mean, yeah, I could. Uh, I would love that. That'd be pretty cool. So, okay, cool. Okay, so I guess we're. Okay, cool. So I guess we're going out then. We're like going out. Okay, cool. Awesome. Cool. Well. 
Okay, cool. I'll, uh, I'll, okay, cool. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see you later. Yeah. That's kind of weird, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's like, we, you know, we like, I don't know, it's like, you know, we're like going out. You know, we like went on a date and we like weren't going out. I mean, and now we're like, like going out. It's like, you know, it's like we're like, I don't know, like a couple or whatever. It's like kind of, it's like. You know, it's weird. You just like say it, and you're like, okay, so I guess we're going out now because it's like, you know, you say that, and it's like, oh, well, this is, you know. This is weird. So, I mean, it feels like something's missing. It's just like, okay, we're going out. Okay, let's go. Missing? You want to kiss? What? You can't just like. You can't just like say, say it or. Okay, all right. Um. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I. Okay. Uh. All right. Okay. Okay. expected the kiss to actually work. <laughs> I, uh, I had felt things with this girl's clipping away for a week or two weeks just because I, I feel like at a certain point she figured out that I was really still just a kid and I was a guardian project and not that she was much older or anything but she had better things to do and so at some point I had known I'm gonna go see this concert with this girl when I go and do this it's gonna be D-Day I'm gonna make a move. I'm gonna make any dumb, stupid, bold move that results in me kissing her in a car outside my hunter's dorm, <laughs> regardless of what she says. And the weird thing is, I, I probably only came upon this plan by thinking about it idly, and then just by force of thinking about it again over the course of a day or several days, it basically became scripted to the point that, well, that's just what's gonna happen on this night that's coming out. I, I, I find it very hard to deviate from a plan once it begins formulating in my mind like that. So I don't know if there's anything that she could have actually said in that car on that night that would have prevented me from trying to kiss her. <laughs> because you would think what she had actually said would have been compelling enough of a case to not do it or maybe talk about it a little bit. But at that point in my head, it was scripted. And honestly, 
I listened to what she said and the explanation that she was giving as to why it wasn't a good idea, but at that point I was also only trying to get the timing of the kiss right. <laughs> because even though I didn't expect it to work on the grand scale, on the small scale, I thought, okay, whatever reasoning she's giving right now, as long as I get this right, it's gonna make her reconsider or it's going to somehow bail out the situation. Should I do it uh, right when she ends or should I just cut her off and do it right there? And I really thought <laughs> that maybe if I just brazenly went ahead and did it, it was going to salvage the entire operation. Unless for some idiotic, inexplicable reason, you stop short, and then she has to bail you out by giving you a very kind, but ultimately platonic kiss. You stupid, fucking retarded, idiot piece of shit. <laughs> now go and sleep for 12 hours and have dreams about it. So as you can imagine, I, I lay there and I, you know, I'm sure I slept at some point. You don't sleep immediately after uh, your first kiss, your first real kiss, and you're always making excuses in your head of like, well, you know, other things counted. Uh, but, <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't a physical act, the kiss, you know, uh, although I was like, oh, I know what her tongue tastes like, because it went straight to tongue. <laughs> um, but it was just the fact that someone let me kiss her and that she wanted me to kiss her and was willing to admit that. It was that shared moment of vulnerability of the like, you know, we'll let our guards down and we'll have this right now. And that means so much more the first time. I. I really think this was my first actual legitimate kiss, which it took me a while to realize this because this was in college and what happened before that, what happened in high school to me is so hazy. I mean, I know that I had crushes on girls and I went on awkward dates and I, I kissed girls as part of the drama club and school plays and stuff, but obviously those don't count because I mean those are staged and there's no feeling. But then you think about it a little more and this was staged too <laughs> because it was something that I had decided upon and just did it as if I were reading it from a script. And there wasn't feeling because it meant separate things to the two of us, and it wasn't a shared moment because of that. That's, that's what's important is that it's that shared moment, because I feel like as I've gone on to kiss many more girls, <laughs> each one is less of a percentage of the whole thing. So it's just, it's less significant every time. And it, it doesn't mean as much to me, um, even though I'm sure it's much better now. Uh, and so I sometimes just find myself wondering or wishing that the things that happened to me now would have happened to me when I was younger and I would have appreciated them so much more. Uh, because it's just, it's such a monumental event at that point. This was like a seismic event in my life. And not just like the moment itself, but everything that led up to it and everything that came after when things kind of fell away and went wrong. Just the effect that this woman had on me, like it became a huge thing. And really that's the thing that kind of grew me up in a lot of ways. And um, I don't know, in that sense, in the sense that it affected me and it's like an indelible memory or it's a moment in my life, it is shared because I know that it affected her too, obviously in a completely different way, but it had a very 
succinct and dramatic effect on each of us. And in that sense, it is a shared moment because it's a moment that the two of us share, that you never share with anybody else. In that sense, it is a real kiss. And th this one definitely counted. It was awkward and it was kind of weird and it was a little needlessly bit gross. dramatic and it was poorly planned out. It's just sort of drawn out to a point and made as uncomfortable yeah, as it was really possible. unnecessary. It was an unnecessary necessary <laughs> shift. It was it was wonderful. Mine was terrible. <laughs> but it was the first kiss. It was the first kiss. days every once in a while that you could wear whatever you wanted, not the uniform. And I had this favorite shirt, and it was my favorite because it was white, I thought, and its brand was Stress. And I just love the fact that it said Stress. <laughs> but after wearing it for like three years in every possible casual day, my best friend in high school turns to me and says, I really don't understand why you keep wearing that pink shirt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I discovered I was colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you think that shirt is white? But yes. it was actually pink. <laughs> and it was pink, really. Yeah. Because my so, eyes are bad. So, if you see a white shirt, you're going to see... If you see a pink shirt, you're going to see a white, right? Yes. Mostly. If it's very dark pink, I'll see it dark something. But if it's Why light you pink, it I'll see it opposite? <laughs> it's okay. You can. It's called colorblind. I know, I know. So if it's a white shirt, does he see it white? Is that what you want to know? No, I mean, like. You see it white. What, do I see white light? No, I mean, you see, like, you think that, like, the, the pink is sometimes white. Do you see it white? I always thought it was always white. Yeah, it was always white. I never saw it pink. <laughs> what happens if, like, the white shirt was. When you see white shirts, do they look pink to you? No. They look still white? They look so, white. You, so you're just seeing more white shirts? I just don't. I have a hard time detecting light reds. There are colors. There are different receptors in your, you know what, I should not. Now you're going to science. I, I should cut out the science stuff. But you went to a Catholic high school. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a Catholic high school too. Me and too. before that, I went to a Catholic middle school. And it was like, when I first came to the United States, and uh, we had gym class, right? And then when we were out shopping for clothes, because I didn't bring any clothes here like an idiot, um, I saw this really like awesome looking pair of like shorts with like Looney Tune characters playing basketball on them. You know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, you know, the whole crap. I'm like, oh, this will be the perfect gym, these will be the perfect gym shorts. So we were playing soccer that day, and I was wearing those shorts. I was playing them, I was like, these, these, feel, these feel a little short. And, and they came up to like around here. I'm like, well, well, I didn't bring on his shorts, so I'm just gonna wear this. And uh, around that time, I really didn't know too much English. But you no, know, you can kind of tell when people are like pointing and laughing at you. Um, so it, it turns out those aren't shorts; those are actually like underpants. And, 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 and that's when I learned that um, 
boxer briefs are a thing, <laughs> and you shouldn't wear them by themselves. <laughs> a lot of learning in Catholic school. But I, I was trying to impress because I'm like, what's funny, man? This is this is, yeah, basketball. Oh, a lot of soccer field. This is totally impressive. Um, I also went to a Catholic high school where we were not impressing anyone because it was all women and we were like, F this, man. We're going to do whatever we want. Um, but so we had a uniform and... Above the knee or below the knee? So that's... <laughs> um, so lots of, of the women wore skirts like you do. I did not. My group of friends and I were like, who's here to like look at us in our skirts? No one. So we popularized the like long, long, short look. We called it jorts. It was like not jean shorts, but just like, I don't know. We, we were pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so like long shorts. But how you would get these long shorts, because you can't buy them, like shorts you found out. For women are like up here. And we're like, no, like we're not shaving, like nothing, no. <laughs> so what we did was that we would buy long pants and then just cut them to like knee or like right below the knee. My mom made me like sew it and I was like, mom, it's cool, you just like cut it off and it like frays and she was like, no. Um, but a friend of mine did this during school, like cut her pants into long shorts and then just left the rest of her pants at, around her ankles and like went, to, went about her day. Um, our teachers were not into that. They were like, this isn't totally against the uniform, but like, what can we give you a detention for? <laughs> um, so she got a detention for remnants of pants around your ankles. <laughs> so did, did not impress Was, there a, was there a rule on the books about pants remnants <laughs> and ankles? <laughs> I think it was added. Thank you, Evers, for adding that rule. Why did she want to give you a detention because of your pants? Good. You, you are not in school. <laughs> Still, it's a little odd. It was, yeah. it was quite odd. Yeah. Uh, Catholic school is really odd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was on the outdoors, even though I am Catholic. Yeah. So, so what they teach you in Catholic school is that everyone is special, but not really. <laughs> Which is like everyone has to wear the same clothes. That way, they, they take away like things that you have to worry about at school. Because if everyone like looks the same, you don't have to worry about, oh, that guy has a more expensive shirt than I do. And you just focus on God and, and more God. <laughs> or tree, not tree. Or tree, not tree. Which is kind of God. So I, I went to a Catholic school for a month and with my sister, and then we were both expelled at the same time. Remnants of pants around your ankles? <laughs> She was expelled because she kept racking up the merits for talking. She was a very chatty person, and she had trouble like when she was in line in the hallways. It was supposed to be quiet all the time, um, except when a teacher asked you a question, you're supposed to answer it. Right. So she kept getting demerits, and she kept racking them up. I was always the good girl. I never got into any trouble. But there was a time when they started having gym. Uh, at the beginning of the year, they didn't have gym. And then about a month later, they decided, OK, we're going to start having gym. And they have separate gym for boys and girls. But um, I was in fifth grade, and they asked us to go into the coat room and change into our gym uniforms, girls and boys together. So they didn't want us 
playing games together, but they wanted us changing our clothes together. Nice. And I was really <laughs> <laughs> What Catholic school was that? Okay. St. Joseph in Chicago. So I, I was very, very uncomfortable with that, and I told the teacher, no, I don't want to change with the boys. Let's, I'll just go to the back room, and I'll change over there. And she said, no, don't be ridiculous. You've got a dirty mind. And, and I just, I didn't want to do it, and I just kept saying no and, and fussing. And, and she actually started grabbing me and pulling me towards the coat room and telling me to stop being a brat or something like that. And uh, when she started to try to lift up my shirt, Ooh. I slugged her. So I got expelled, and then my sister was like two demerits away from getting expelled anyway, so they were like, just get them all. So she's, she's like, well, you know what, I'll just rack up two for the day. Enjoy it. Wow, that would never happen today. Right. That, that reminded me of something. I, um, I, I, my last year in middle school, actually my first year in middle school, I was in seventh grade, and we had swimming, which was super cool, because like mostly my gym period had, had historically been walking a circle around a track um, and get beaten up. Um, but this for this one like half a year, we had swimming. But the weird thing about swimming, so I found out um, like I asked, because the, the men's changing room had no stalls or doors or anything. Um, and I don't know, I don't really go to the gym or anything. I don't know if that's like super normal. It is. But that sucks. Um, <laughs> but well, the, if you're like secure, you're masculine. <laughs> okay, but I wasn't. We're, we're like 12 year old boys. You're not secure in your masculine. No offense. I, I'm, not not, I, I'm still not secure in my masculinity. Um, but like the problem was, so the girls totally had stalls. They were they were fine. They were hooked up because I asked them about that. I was like, is this the same over there? <laughs> we all had to we all had to master this slick move where you would tie a towel around your waist and then you take off your pants under the towel and then like you try and minimize the amount of time that your dick is out um, and and change into your swim trunks. Because you got to take it all off to put on swim trunks. Um, and, and all that would have been fine. You know, I was getting real good at the maneuver. But the thing is, so our, our teacher was this big, burly woman with this bleached blonde hair. And she had a window into our changing room. <laughs> it, it had, like, bars over it. <laughs> and she would come in and look at us and yell at us. Um, about how the room was not clean enough. And there wasn't really anything to not be clean in the room. It was like two benches with no walls anywhere to hide behind. But she would come in there and she would tell us, you know, you need to clean this up and you need to clean that up. And she would lock us in until it 